My name is Levi Hebner with Hebner Cattle Company in Atkins, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, harvest is underway on a great corn and sorghum crop in Central and South Texas. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Another tragic weather event has hit the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, I'll be reporting on the situation in Matador. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is seeking nominees for the Cattlemen's Beef Promotion and Research Board. The deadline for those nominations is next month on July 10th. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more on the process and who is eligible in my report on Texas Ag today. This is James Duncan from East Texas. We're waiting all the summer. Farmers markets are running full steam ahead. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas panhandle farmers are trying to wrap up spring planting, while South Texas farmers are starting their 2023 harvest. And this year is shaping up to be one of the best corn crops in a while for both Central and South Texas. Luke Etheridge is a South Texas agronomist for BASF. Yeah, Kerry, I think we're very optimistic about the outlook for corn and grain in South Texas. Uh, harvest started about two weeks ago down in the valley. I haven't heard any yield reports yet. Um, I know some guys in the Corpus Christi area started on Monday, and with a lot more to start harvesting probably later in the week, maybe through the weekend. So really optimistic about it. You never know to get in there and see exactly what you got, but it does look really good. And the crop is looking excellent along the Texas Gulf Coast. As you move up the coast and the upper Gulf Coast, I think that corn crop is phenomenal. Might be one of the best corn crops that I've seen. If this heat doesn't burn it up and cause it to kind of cannibalize itself, but I think it may be far enough along that we don't have that. The latest corn crop ratings to come out from USDA are exceptional. Right now, we have 70% of the Texas corn crop rated good to excellent, 25% fair, and only 5% rated poor to very poor. Time is running out for high school students to nominate their Ag Teacher for the Texas Ag Teacher of the Year Award. Texas high school students have just a few more days to nominate their Ag Teacher for Justin Booth's 2023 Texas Ag Teacher of the Year Award. 
The award recognizes Texas ag teachers who make a difference in the lives of their students. The winner will be announced at the Texas FFA State Convention in Dallas in July. Students have until Friday, June 30th to log on and tell Justin why their teacher deserves to win the Justin Boot to Brim package. That includes a pair of Justin boots, a pair of pants or a dress, a shirt, customized jacket, cowboy hat, and more. A link to the nomination form is available on Justin Boots' Facebook page. Scroll down to the post from May 9th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The final insurance deadline for planting cotton here in Texas passed just a couple of days ago. But cotton harvest is just around the corner in the Rio Grande Valley. In fact, the first bale of cotton in the United States has been harvested. The Harlingen Cotton Committee posted on social media that Wesley Vanderpool of Vanderpool Farms took the first bale honors this year. Vanderpool also had the first bale last year. We'll have more details on that first bale of cotton coming up in later shows. Severe storms cause another tragedy in a small Texas High Plains town. James Hunt has the story. On Wednesday night, the small town of Matador, which is about 80 miles northeast of Lubbock, took a very hard hit. Craig Turner is the president of the Matador Fire Department. These were fast-moving tornadoes dropped down basically on top of us, displaced approximately 25 people, displaced approximately nine businesses. And very sadly, there were lives lost. The latest information we have is that four people were killed in the storm and around 10 people injured. Matador, with a population of about 600 people, is located in Motley County. It is very much an agriculture community, and along with the loss of homes and businesses in town, Turner says the storm took a toll on ag operations on the outskirts of Matador. It went across the fields, and we have livestock, horses, cattle, that either lost their lives during the tornado or we had a veterinarian come in and euthanize them. Electricity was also knocked off, and Turner says residents were being advised that, at least in some cases, power could be out for several days. Obviously a devastating blow, but Turner also says, We are very blessed. I mean, we had resources everywhere within an hour's time, and I've got resources covered up. We had filing an EMS here from 150 miles out. And residents, including ag producers, are doing their part to assist. Everybody's showing up with their skid steers, their trucks, their telehandlers, whatever we need. Turner, who is also a farmer and rancher, says there are plans to establish a GoFundMe account for those who would like to make donations for the people of Matador. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are four openings on the Cattlemen's Beef Board for Texas beef producers. Tom Nicoletti has the details. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Agricultural Marketing Service, AMS, is seeking nominees for the Cattlemen's Beef Promotion and Research Board, also known as the Cattlemen's Beef Board, to succeed 27 members with terms that expire in March 2024. The deadline for nominations is July 10th, 2023. Nominees are needed to succeed members in Texas and 14 other states, along with the Southwest Unit of California and Nevada, and Importer Unit, assuming no changes are made because of the pending reapportionment of the board's membership. The Cattlemen's Beef Board is authorized by the Beef Promotion and Research Act of 1985. 
It is composed of 101 members representing 34 separate states, four units geographically grouped states, and one importer unit. Beef producers within the United States who own cattle or any importers that import cattle or beef may be nominated. Producers and importers must be nominated by a certified producer organization and submit a completed application. The Secretary of Agriculture will select individuals from the nominations submitted. A list of certified producer organizations, the nomination form, and information about the Cattlemen's Beef Board are available on the AMS Cattlemen's Beef Board webpage and on the board's website, www.beefboard.org. Since 1966, Congress has authorized the development of industry-funded research and promotion boards to provide a framework for agricultural industries to pool their resources and combine efforts to develop new markets, strengthen existing markets, and conduct important research and promotion activities. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It is hot in East Texas. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. The summer date is not official yet, but the weather does not know that. The unusually hazardous warnings that we have in our air quality here in this East Texas area right now are a little bit strange for us. It's always hot and humid. Quality is always a problem with us, but it seems like whatever the reasons, we're having more days warning us about, especially with people with the uh, asthmatic conditions, to watch yourselves on the outside nowadays. And I guess that's going to be the way it is throughout the year. I've already heard of predictions of high temperatures even coming uh, this next week more than uh, normal. So we'll just wait on that. The coolness of the early to mid-spring caused some peas to be a little bit slow in developing. But when it warmed up and the moisture came at the right time, they really hit the mark and uh, are appear to be good production coming off this year. And it'll meet the demand that we have. The farmers markets are reporting excellent demand for all fresh produce right now. And many folks that just garden a little bit for themselves are learning that that excess that they have can be sold at their local markets and put a few extra coins in their pocket and help pay a little bit on the uh, feed, fertilize, and seed that uh, they have to have to make the production grow. A little extra never hurts anybody. Watermelon time is just around the corner. Vacation times are all in full swing. Baseball season is really rolling. And everything uh, that we look for right now is summertime all the way around. Here in East Texas, we'll just keep on trucking. This is James Duncan from Marshall for Texas Ag Today. Research now shows that all dad in far west Texas can carry a bacteria that threatens desert bighorn sheep. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And older mayors are less fertile, but not always because of their age. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? I listen to radio to stay up on news, weather, current events around the local community. It keeps me up to date with everything going on in the world. It kind of just takes my mind off of the drive, getting some relevant information that's in time. It's always nice to know what's going on. Okay, what can I do? I'll listen to the what's coming up and you can plan your day. Why do you listen? 
Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A recent study out of Japan indicates that older mares are less fertile, but not always because of their age. Dr. Bob Judd has more on that study. Jeffrey Fawcett is a Ph.D. student in Japan, and he indicates in the horse publication that broodmare fertility does decrease as mares age, but this is also related to the number of years she has bred and not just her age. Results of his study suggest that the fertility of a mare is highest at her first breeding and gradually declines, and the decline is gradual over a period of several years. The researchers examined the records of over 360,000 breeding attempts and thoroughbreds in Japan for a 20-year period and found all mares' fertility reduced as they aged, and this was not surprising. However, it was surprising that the earlier a broodmare started breeding in her lifetime, the sooner the fertility decline began. The fertility rate begins declining right after the first breeding. So, for example, a six-year-old mare bred for the first time is likely to be more fertile than a six-year-old mare that has been bred every year starting as a three-year-old. And it is not clear if it is the number of breedings or the number of foals she has that is the determining factor. As far as racing success of foals from older mares, it is difficult to determine because older mares have fewer foals, so these foals have less earnings. Older mares are less likely to produce high-quality foals, but this does not indicate they cannot produce high-quality foals, just that it's less likely. Older mares that are bred in the racing industry are those that have produced high-quality foals in the past, but as the mares get older, the foals produced are not as high-quality as they were when the mares were younger. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Research shows that Aldad in far west Texas can carry a bacteria that may threaten desert bighorn sheep. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department and the Borderlands Research Institute at Slovron State University are examining the impacts that Aldad have on our native bighorn sheep. Roilan Hernandez, TPWD's Desert Bighorn Sheep Program leader, says that through collecting and testing Audad tissue samples, they've learned that Audad can carry a bacteria called MOV. We detected a pathogen that's called Mycoplasma ovinomoniae, or MOV for short, in those Audad. However, all the animals that we saw that tested positive for that bacteria, none of them showed signs of being sick. There was no nasal discharge. There was no coughing. The animals appeared in apparent good health. And so uh, that prompted us to look at if they do carry that bacteria, does it affect them as does bighorn? 90% of bighorn sheep infected with MOV die, and it can be transmitted from a ewe to a lamb during birth. To learn more about how MOV can impact Audad and later bighorn sheep, TPWD partnered with the Texas A&M School of Veterinary Medicine to artificially infect some free-ranging Audad that were captured in Hudspeth County and taken to a lab at A&M. 
most thought they had showed signs of carrying that bacteria. They had bent nasal discharges. They were stressed, all those things. It was almost a complete change. Well, it is a complete change of a drastic change of habitat from West Texas to College Station. That plus in the situation, the confined area that they were in next to the airport, there was a lot of stressors involved that probably uh, influenced the animals, the odd that getting sick. So that was phase one. We'll have more on this on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Corn and cattle continue to move in opposite directions. On Thursday, corn was down, so cattle were higher. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? I typically listen here at work from my desk on my way to work in the morning. When we wake up, it goes on the radio. I can hear a song and be instantly transported back to a time in my life that I enjoy remembering. I think that's what I like listening to radio for is just to stay informed on whether it's news, sports, new music, anything. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The corn market pulled back a bit in Thursday's trade. That allowed the cattle market to move higher once again. June live cattle were up 40 cents, closing at 177.65. The August up $1.40, 171.15, with October live cattle up $1.72, 174.67. Feeder market. Jumping higher with August up 295, 23067. September feeders up 310 at 23452. October up 327 at 23717. Cash fed cattle market seeing some sales here in the Southern Plains at 180. That is two bucks lower than last week. The remaining cattle on the show list are priced at 182 and better. Boxed beef prices mixed Thursday. Choice was down 95 cents at 333.30, while the select was up $1.10 at 305.35. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Henry Pickett, Abilene Livestock, my guest. Henry, did your Tuesday sale get affected by heat or quality or numbers? It affected the numbers a little bit. We ended up with a little over 800 total cattle with about 300 cows. We had some really good quality cattle. Uh, the packer deals on the high-yielding bulls is still pretty good. The bulls bringing about $25.30 high-yielding cows from 110 to 115 We had some uh, pretty nice wean cattle. Kind of had some 650 weight steers bring 260 and the heifer mates probably bring two, 210. Uh, lighter cattle like the 400 pound steers they were in the 275 range heifers were like 221 240 overall everything was pretty steady these new crop calves are coming in and starting to be a little weaker to the weaned and the age-year cattle right well what do you know for next week oh uh, we've had a few calls we've got some more uh younger cows coming in and then we're supposed to have a couple of loads of uh weaned coming in from out west they'll they're a calf crop and 
been weaned for a long time. They'll probably weigh from five to seven and a half, but they're supposed to be pretty good quality. And uh, these pears that are coming to town, these middle-aged four to six-year-old pears, they're still bringing up where 2,000 plus. So it's pretty good right now. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Here at the barn, we can be reached at 325-673-7865 or my cell number is 940-733-8208. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, Henry. Thank you. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. You're listening to Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You're listening right now on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finish sharply lower on Thursday. July hogs dropped 290 to close at 91.85. August down to 80, 89.97. Class 3 milk lower as well. June milk dropped 3 cents, 14.92 a hundredweight. July milk down 46 at 15.32 a hundred. The cotton market closed lower, the market influenced by several central banks hiking their interest rates. We closed with July cotton down two points, 79.29. The October down 32 at 81.79. December cotton down 37 points at 80.15 cents. The corn market pulled back after a big run-up this week. Of course, all eyes are on the Midwest weather. Drought expanding in the Corn Belt, and traders continue to watch those forecasts very closely. July corn down 10 and a half, 660 and a half. September corn down 6 and a half at 617 a bushel, with December corn down 8, 620 and 3 quarters. Wheat market was mixed. July Kansas City wheat down two and three quarters, eight seventy-one. July Chicago wheat up four and a half at seven thirty-nine a bushel. In the energy markets, July natural gas unchanged at two sixty. August West Texas crude down three oh eight, sixty-nine forty-five a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Thursday afternoon. The Dow down twenty-seven points, thirty-three thousand nine twenty-four. The NASDAQ up 94 points, 13,594, and the S&P up 8 at 4,373. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.